Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to episode two. <laughs> yes, that's right. Episode two of the Nosebleeds podcast. Um, I welcome you, uh, new listeners. Thank you for listening uh, to this episode. Uh, for my previous listeners, hey, welcome back. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you for the listen. Uh, on today's episode now, we will be discussing and breaking down the NBA. We're going to be discussing who are my pretenders and contenders. And also as well, we're going to throw in a little little secret segment at the end. Uh, so, so go ahead. Get them headphones, uh, get them speakers, whatever whatever you're using to, to hear this. And as well, get you a little snack, popcorn, fruit snacks is, is my preferred. And sit back and, and really enjoy and listen to the Nosebleeds podcast. Here we go. All righty, guys, let's kick off things and start off first with the NBA season. All-star break is right around the corner yes yes time is flying time is really flying i remember when the season really first began but the all the all-star break is finally here pretty much and i'm going to break down who are my contenders and pretenders and so first off let's let's go ahead here and start off with the contenders um we're going to go from bottom to the top so my number three team on my contender list who i feel like have the best odds uh third best odds to win um, my finals, a championship this year is the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, of course, have the best record in the league. Uh, they are 42-7. and seven. Okay. Let's go ahead, go ahead here and, and get this out of the way. We're going to talk about Giannis. Yes, the Greek freak, Giannis. Giannis has been dominant this season. He's been extraordinary. He's averaging 30 points on 56% shooting. <laughs> Okay, uh, the thing that just continues to amaze me about Giannis, his personality, his game is the maturation and the growth. He could just he just continues to have each and every year. It's, it's truly, honestly amazing because I feel like last year that was going to be really, in all honesty, the best Giannis. But he just continues to to ascend. He continues to break the barrier of the player that he can't become. It's 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 a pretty scary thing. Uh I mean pretty much basically he just continues to improve and I know players around the league is seeing that and it's it's a, it's a scary sight. It's a scary sight. But the two things that really sticks out to me and has and which shows his maturation and his growth for the NBA game is his IQ and style of play. And his three-point shooting. So first we're going to touch up on his three-point shooting. He is shooting 32% this year on five attempts. Now that may seem insignificant because the league average is, I believe it is 35%. Uh, But think about this for a moment. Once I say this. Last year Giannis shot 26%. (laughs) Guys, I can go out there and shoot 26% from three-point. I mean, my, my jump shot, you know, my jumper might be a little rusty, but I believe, you know, after a while, you know, I can get up 26%. Giannis shot 26% from from three last year on two less attempts, okay? So that means he was unsuccessful 
mostly <laughs> last year than he was this year. Because this year he's taking more attempts. He's willing he, to take the shot to get better. Um, and last year I, I just feel like Giannis was not competent in his three-pointer. And really, in all honesty, he shot it like he wasn't confident. This year, he's shooting the ball like he knows he has worked on his game. He's shooting the ball like he knows he has worked on his craft. And he wants to truly get better. So that's 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 the that's the first thing that sticks out to me with Giannis. The second thing is, and really it's, it's equally as important as his three-point shooting, is Giannis' style of play. Giannis Antetokounmpo knows now how to defeat the Great Wall, <laughs> okay? And I know a lot of listeners are like, what is what the hell is he talking about? What is the Great Wall? A lot of teams in the playoffs last year, how they were able to neutralize or quote-unquote contain uh, Giannis was to build a wall and force him to get uncomfortable. A lot of times last year, especially in that conference finals, Giannis was not able to get to his spots easily. Not at all. The Toronto Raptors made him uncomfortable. They made him uncomfortable. They they built the wall and they said, Giannis, we're not going to allow you to beat us how you have been playing the whole regular season, which is 10 feet in. You're not, we're not going to allow that. We're going to, we're going to let you go ahead, take them jumpers. If you happen to get to the paint, you're going to be meeting by either one, two, quite sure, three defenders (laughs) forcing you to have to make a quick decision. But this year, we have seen the Great Wall being implemented on Giannis, and it's not working. And part of that, and a lot of that is credit to Budenholzer, the head coach, Mike Budenholzer, because he is now using Giannis as the role man. Last year, Giannis wasn't really often being used as the role man as he's being used this year. And really... It's it's beneficial because that's what you can tell was worked on in the offseason. How can Giannis take that next step? How can we, as the coaching staff at the Bucks, make his job and his life a little bit easier? And they have found a remedy. It is to use Giannis as the role man. And using him as the role man now leaves that defensive strategy game plan it picks it apart. It, it leaves it in shreds because using him as a role man allows for him to get to his spot. It allows for him to get to his spot. His spot, and now Giannis gets to go to work. <laughs> Giannis used to gets to easily go to work, and that's what we're seeing this year. That's why he's been having. I feel like so many consistent easy buckets. This Giannis this year, in my opinion, looks completely different. Um, but I truly want to see it in the playoffs. And that leads me to to my questions for the team, which is, is Giannis ready to to take that next step? Um, yes, we're, we're seeing it in the season with his three-point shooting, his style of play. Yes, that's all good. That's all Danny. But really, as Kenny Smith says, 
legends are made in the playoffs. Uh, legends are made in the playoffs. You make your money in the season. Legends are made in the playoffs. And it's time for Giannis really to to take over that mantle to be the king. We all know he has the skill for it. We all know he has the talent for it. Now it's time for Giannis to say, I'm about to take it. It's mine. Give me that. Give it. Give it to me. <laughs> it's mine. It's this is this is my cone. You know, Debo that chain basically. He he needs to take the throne and say I'm here and I'm here to stay for a while. Now the second question and my last question that I have for the team, it's a player actually. It's it's Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is going to be the key for the Milwaukee Bucks because the Milwaukee Bucks is missing that third wheel. They have, of course, as we said, the Greek freak. <laughs> okay, Giannis Antetokounmpo. They have Chris Middleton, who is a very solid. He's an all-star. He's a very solid 3-and-D player. He defends the best of the best, and he shoots with the best of the best. He's a, he's a very, very, very good player. But they are missing that third wheel. Air Bledsoe has to become that third wheel. Um, last year in the playoffs, Eric Bledsoe was very, very inconsistent. And he has been inconsistent really a lot of his time in Milwaukee, especially in the playoffs. Um, but now Eric Bledsoe really, really needs to take his game to the next level in the playoffs if the Bucks truly want to win the championship. He needs to be consistent, but at the same time, efficient. He plays the point guard position. The point guard position is one of the most key positions in this league because you have to be efficient in this game. I don't care what anyone says. Efficiency wins at the end of the day. It does. The the team who shoots the best, the team who 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 who's going to shoot the best, you know, they're going to win the game because they're they're being more efficient with the opportunities that they're getting. The team who turns the ball over the less, most of the time, is going to win. They're being more efficient with the basketball. They're taking care of the basketball, and they're taking care of the chances that they're getting. With Eric Bledsoe, he has to be more consistent and play to the talent level that he has. And let me tell you, if he if, if that happens, if those two things happen, the Clippers – the Lakers, the Jazz, any anyone you want to name, they're going to have a tough time beating this team because I just don't see how, you know, maybe maybe you can stop uh, Eric Bledsoe, maybe you can you you know you can stop Chris Middleton, but but you know if they all play at their 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 highest level, I, I just I just don't see a team really being beating them, especially how deep that they are. Um, I just don't see it. Maybe the Clippers. Um, but I just can match up well with them, but I, I just I just don't see it. Now, the number two team on my list, <laughs> which, you know, a lot of people may or may not be salty about it. <laughs> I know there's a lot of, you know, fans out there. Uh, it is the Lakers. The Lakers come in as the number two team on my list. The Lakers record so far this season is 37 and 11. Uh, they are the second best team according to standings in the league um yeah so i believe 
as I said it, the Lakers have the second best odds to win the title. They are a very good defensive team, having a rating of 105.5, which is fourth in the league. Uh, but my problem with the Lakers is age, injury, history, and missing pieces. Um, let's let's start off with age. Can the Lakers really sustain this level of intensity throughout the entire season? I'm not just talking about, you know, the regular season. I'm talking about the playoffs as well. That is that is part of their season. I'm talking about the playoffs. The Lakers play at a fairly fast pace and they play very hard. And the problem with that is the Lakers have a older roster. <laughs> so really that intensity that you see from them, you usually see that out of a out of a young team like a like a Sacramento Kings or or Phoenix Suns where they're trying to up the pace, get after, get out, run uh, or 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 for instance or uh, a Memphis Grizzlies where they're trying to get out, run, we're going to grind you, you know, things like that. The Lakers really play at an intensity level that I don't know that they can sustain that not only through the season, but in the playoffs. I just, I, I that that, that kind of worries me. It really worries me right now, you know. And the next thing is injuries. Anthony Davis, can you stay healthy for a full season? Anthony Davis has really, in all honesty, never truly played a full season. Can Anthony Davis really stay healthy this year and be a factor by playing <laughs> to help the Lakers win a championship? And also, you know, it may be short sighted and a lot of people don't want to think about it, but LeBron. LeBron age. LeBron is getting up his age. And that's going to be a factor as well because Father Time doesn't wait for no man. And we have seen this year, let's be honest, LeBron James has dipped in his athleticism. I mean, this is the most I have ever seen LeBron James get blocked by rims <laughs> or blocked, period, or or get ducked on. Like Father Time is catching up with him. And you know, I wonder if LeBron James is going to hold up. Um, he had a he's he's been having a nagging, a groin injury um, this year, uh, same injury that that held him out last year. Which, you know, honestly, in my opinion, played into a factor in why the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. So that's going to be those two things are going to be very interesting. Okay, and then thirdly, thirdly. The missing piece. The the Lakers are, are are one piece, I feel like, away from truly being the number one team and possibly winning a championship. I feel like if the Lakers could possibly find a way, and I know, you know, it, it may seem like a short distance dream because the Grizzlies is really, really ain't playing. They are trying to get the best offer for their team because Let's be honest, the Grizzlies have a young, up-and-coming playoff team as well who are in the eighth seed sitting at, you know, 25 and 25. So they're just they're, they're trying to get pieces. They're trying to build. But if the Lakers are able to get Andre Iguodala from the Grizzlies, whew, <laughs> that would put them, I'm telling you, that would put them on par with the Clippers. 
hell, they're, they're going to be even better than the Clippers because it gives them an extra perimeter defender, which, let's be honest, I feel like they are lacking the extra perimeter defender. They need a guy who's going to be able to spell LeBron James on the defensive end. They need a guy who's going to be able to cover a Kawhi Leonard, a Giannis, a Paul George at times. You know, guys who can actually, a guy who can actually defend on the perimeter and actually hold his own. Andre Iguodala can do that. Also as well, on the offensive end, they need another quote-unquote playmaker. Um, yes, Rondo is a playmaker. He is. But that's on the bench. They need another guy who can initiate the offense for when LeBron James and Rondo are not in the game. And I feel like Iguodala can do that. Iguodala can run the offense. He can initiate the offense. He has playmaking ability. Um, so that's going to be very interesting. Watch out for the trade deadline. Watch out for the trade deadline because there's going to be a lot of trades made that can really shake up the NBA and can really shake up teams' fortunes. So it's going to be very, very interesting in how that plays out. Okay? Now, <laughs> my favorite team, of course, not my true favorite team. My favorite team is the Orlando Magic. Yes, I am a Orlando Magic fan. <laughs> okay, let me live. But my favorite team to win a championship this year and team to beat is, is, is no really thinking about it in my mind. It's the Clippers. It's the Clippers. From top to bottom, in my opinion, the Clippers have the best roster man-to-man in the NBA. Look, think about this. When you can trot out a lineup with Patrick Beverly, <laughs> who is a defensive irritant, he I, I, I already know. he He's like the dude at the YMCA who takes it, you know, this shit a little bit too serious. You know, he he's the guy, you know, he's the tick. He's he's the he's the irritant. And as well, he is an all NBA defensive player. And then when you add that, because they didn't have it last year, when you add to that Kawhi Lambert, a Kawhi Leonard, a finals MVP, two time, two time NBA champion, also all NBA. Defensive team, just player period, top three player in the league. Then you add Paul George, who as well is an all-star, all-defensive team player and defender on that end. How are you going to score? <laughs> like, if you score, you're going to have to work for Every single thing you have, the, the Clippers are really are really dealing with something here. They're 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 dealing with, whew, with a powerhouse that 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 can't be matched. There's not a there's not a lineup out there right now that can match that lineup on the defensive end, on the defensive end, and and really it's, it's something special. It really is. It really is. Because not only are they going to be hell on defense, they are also threats on offense. And a lot of people get this thing twisted. You know, 
Now, am I saying Patrick Beverly is on the same level offensively as a Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Hell no. That's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that Patrick Beverly can go out and, and give you 20-plus a night. I'm not saying that. But don't get it twisted. Patrick Beverly can score. It's not like he, he's one of these guys where, you know, he, he doesn't really score like a Raul Nato, you know, where he's just more strictly a, a playmaker-oriented guard on that end. Patrick Beverly can really do it all. He can shoot three. He can get to the basket. He can drive around you. He can he can hit the floater. Uh, he can do a lot of things on that end. He can facilitate. He's not just a one trick pony. Patrick Beverly can do can do a lot of things on that end as well. And then, as I stated, you have Kawhi Leonard. Who <laughs> it just seems like Kawhi Leonard can get to his spot when any when whenever he wants. It's like Kawhi Leonard is playing on a, a whole nother level. I mean. The way that he's able to get to his spot with ease is just it's beautiful to watch. And then you have Paul George who's who's gonna help him out with the three point shooting, who can drive, you know, who can facilitate as well as a off ball. And really all those players fit into the Clippers system. So it's not like the Lakers where the Lakers needed to revamp their system. They needed to really truly learn how to actually play with each other. Yes, the Clippers are incorporating, you know, pieces, but these are pieces that really, truly fit their system from last year, and all they're working out now is just, hey, man, where you like the ball at? Do you like the ball here at the top of the key? Do you like it here at the corner spot of the three-point line? Where do you like the ball? That's that's more of the, 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 the communication there. Oh, do you like the – you know, hedge over the screen, under the screen. What 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 do what do you what do you what do you like to do? What do you what is what is your style of play? That's that's pretty much how the Clippers right now what they're trying to get get over. But they're 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 the best team by far, in my opinion. And then I haven't even talked about their bench. You have Lou Williams, Sweet Lou, and then you have Montrez Harrell, who is a absolute dog okay both of them are giving you each 19 and 20 points a game respectively (laughs) to go along with the size and the length of this team on the perimeter I just (laughs) right now I just don't see how a team in the league can beat this team in in a seven-game series. Yes, they could probably beat them in a game. They could probably beat them in two games. I really honestly don't see a series going seven. I I just don't. Maybe maybe against the Lakers. Um, maybe against the Bucks. Uh, but that's that's a that's a huge maybe right now. I don't I don't feel like the Lakers or the Bucks have enough at this very moment of time due to a lot of question marks. That those teams have mainly, of course, the Lakers and you know the Bucks, you know, with Eric Bledsoe. So I just, I just don't see it. I'm, I'm not seeing it. Um, and in all honesty, we're talking about the Clippers, as in, well, I am talking about the Clippers, as in what they have showed so far as right now. 
let's not forget, the Clippers haven't even, really in all honesty, played to their top gear yet. They look like a team who is, as I said, they are getting comfortable with, with one another. And during that time, they are winning. They are starting to learn the winning habits, the championship habits. Uh, championship habits. What I, what I mean by that, learning how to practice, learning how to grind, learning how to get through losing streaks, learning how to uh, be there for one another, big team building, all those things and such. It's just building a winning atmosphere culture. That's what the Clippers are going through. And and really, when we look at it, you know, a lot of people were, are having doubts with what the Clippers can do against other teams other than the Lakers because, let's be honest, Every time they have played the Lakers, in my mind, it wasn't a doubt they have been the best team. Uh, people are worried about how they will match up against the likes of a Denver Nuggets, the Jazz. I say to you, don't worry about that because come playoff time, the, play, the, the, the Clippers are going to be at the top gear. And really, they, they ain't gonna be, <laughs> it ain't going to be touching them boys. And, and really, it's going to be laughable that – that conversation would have been had in the season. So it's just, yeah, it's just not going to happen. But the only thing that really I could see could derail the Clippers season in regards to winning a finals or championship is a freak injury um, to a key player. So let's just say if like Kawhi Leonard, uh, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, you know, Montrez Harrell, uh, you know, a key guy for that team goes down. That is, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to really, really get through this a, a very good West top top heavy West and and really, in all honesty, I I just I just don't see them winning a championship with a, with a, with a major injury. Um, if they do, it's they're gonna they're gonna get it by the skin of their damn teeth. Um, and the second question that I have for them and you know it's really another thing that we have heard reports on is is chemistry um chemistry chemistry is very important when you are trying to win a championship everyone has to buy in okay there could be no one that is not on the same page. Everyone has to buy in. Everyone has to be on the same page, and everything has to click. And a report that had came out is that they were in a turmoil with how players feel about how Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are being treated um, with their treatment, uh, you know, for the low management do I believe those rumors? No, but of course, they're rumors. Uh, so that can also derail really a team from winning a championship. You know, inner locker room turmoil. Uh, so those two things really can derail the the Clippers uh, from from winning a finals uh, a championship. So <laughs> I have gave you my three teams who I feel like have the best odds to win. To win. The finals this year. Uh, next, we're gonna we're gonna discuss and and dissect who I believe are the pretenders this year. So, stay tuned, and uh, I'll be back. <laughs>
All right, guys. Now let's go ahead here and talk about my pretenders who I feel like, you know, they're being prompted up to be and was pumped up to be, you know, realistically championship contenders. But as we've seen this season, they just have something extra missing. They just they just don't look on par with the Clippers or the Lakers or even the Bucks. So uh, let's start off first with the Rockets. <laughs> um, I may, you know, offend a lot of people who are Rockets fans, but the Rockets are my number one pretender. On the list, simply due to the fact that they have the most talent out of the three team out of the two teams on this list. Um, the Rockets is a extremely talented basketball team, but really, what is going to kill the Rockets um, later in the playoffs is the low IQ, the low basketball IQ of. James Harden and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yes, that's right. Russell Westbrook and James Hardhead um, really are very talented players, but they have low basketball IQ. And they just leave a lot to be desired. I, yes, James Harden puts up amazing numbers in the season but really in all honesty we know in a clutch situation in a, in a time where we need either one of those two to make a good smart basketball play to make the right decision neither one of those are, are they neither one of them are going to make it uh, especially Westbrook uh, Westbrook uh, I mean he's just not an efficient basketball player at this moment of time um have he? Neither has he ever been a efficient basketball player. That's just not who Russell Westbrook is. So, really, in all honesty, I I really feel that the Rockets are just just not a smart basketball team, and and really that's going to hinder them and their and and the way that they play the game, uh, their style of play as well. It's it's just going to hinder them. And really, it's not going to allow for them to get over the hump because the teams I listed, the Clippers, the Lakers, the 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 Bucks, they have high IQ basketball players. Mainly, their best basketball players have high IQs, and I can't say the same for the Rockets. Whether that's James Hardhead or or Harden, as you want to say, or Russell Westbrook, um, with all the shots he has missed, Russell Westbrook. And I'm sorry, it seems like I'm going on a tangent, but. Russell Westbrook is the only player I know that believes shooting the ball 31 times and scoring 31 points is having a great thing. That is inefficient as hell, if you ask me. But, hey, everyone wants to, you know, play into the facade of he plays hard, this and that. Yes, I understand that. But at the end of the day, in my personal opinion, this is not this is not a championship-winning basketball team. And really, Russell Westbrook is not a championship player um, as of right now because his IQ is really lacking, which is going to hold back the Rockets. Uh, my number two team, as my pretender, is the Nuggets. Uh, the Nuggets are currently sitting at 34 and 16. They're third behind the Clippers. 
And the reason why the Nuggets, well, the first reason why the Nuggets, I feel, is and are pretenders is first, they don't have a true superstar. Yes, Nikola Jokic is a very good player. He's a star. He's a star. Don't get me wrong. But he's not a superstar. He's not a, he's not a, he's not a, in all honesty, he's not a Joel Embiid. He's not a LeBron James. He's not a Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's, he's not a Kawhi to where I feel like he's going to elevate his team to that level. I just don't see it. They have a lot of very good pieces on the team. Don't get me wrong. But, the Nuggets, they just don't, they just missing that that true superstar. They need that 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 true superstar to go with Nikola Jokic. If they had a true superstar to go with Nikola Jokic, really in all honesty, they would be favorites or close to favorites to the Clippers, in my honest opinion, because they have a big man, which the Clippers do not um at this moment in time, a high-level skilled big man who can really pass, shoot, uh, on the perimeter, um, can get down in the post, uh, grind it out, be a dog, rebound. He can do it all. So that's why, really, in all honesty, um, the Clippers, you know, Lakers are ahead of them, in, in my opinion. Uh, secondly, they have been developing a lot of bad habits this year. And bad habits are hard to get rid of in the playoffs. What you do in the season carries over into the playoffs. And I have seen too many times this year where the Nuggets have came out flat against a bad basketball team, looked sluggish. Um, As I said, bad habits. For instance, Nikola Jokic literally came in this season fat, out of shape. <laughs> those, those, those are the things. Those are what I'm talking about. That's that's those are bad habits that really carries in to the playoffs, and they they don't have the talent or really the experience to just turn on the switch. They they haven't done anything in this league yet, so I just don't see how they're going to be able to really turn over the switch or correct all their bad their bad habits that they have been collecting this year in order to win a title. I just I just don't see it in all honesty. And finally the third team on my list that I consider that I consider uh, pretenders the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers sit at 31 and 20 right now at this very moment. There are sits in the East, the Sixers have been a major, major, probably the biggest disappointment, in my opinion, for me, uh, this year. Um, and it's very obvious to me, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, they they don't work. They cannot coexist. And it's like the, the 76ers is trying to fit a round peg in a square hole. This This... The way this team is constructed is just not going to work. They're going to either have to trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid in order for them to, in my opinion, be on the same level as a Bucks. Because first off, 
their style of play is it's too similar. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid game is to work 10 feet in. Top of the key in. Yes, Joel Embiid can shoot. He can shoot threes. He's a, he's a big man who can step out and shoot the occasional three sometimes. But Joel Embiid should not be shooting more than three threes, if I'm being honest, in game. Joel Embiid needs to get his ass in the post, and he needs to be doing predominantly post work. He needs to be fed in the post. And the reason why that can't happen is because Ben Simmons literally can't shoot. And doesn't want to shoot. <laughs> I have never seen really a player in my lifetime that don't shoot the basketball. Unless he is truly, truly forced to shoot the basketball. I mean, it's really odd to me how Ben Simmons really has really skated without working on his jump shot. That's that's crazy to me. Um but yeah, it's just it just their their fit. It, it doesn't it doesn't match. And also as well, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't don't realize it, but it's their attitudes also. Uh, a lot of people like to compare these two to the Nets, Magic, and Kareem, and and you know they're going to be you know create this dynasty. That's that's the outlook. That's the that's the that's the message that we were given of this team. But people gotta realize and understand facts and understand what truly took place during that era where Magic and Kareem uh, teamed up, okay? First off, Kareem was already a proven commodity, an established player in this league. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had already won two MVPs, two NBA MVPs already, and he had already won a title with the Milwaukee Bucks before he was traded, actually traded and traded to the Lakers in 1975. So, really, Kareem was already an established player. He had already did what he had wanted to do. His career was pretty much fulfilled. So, Kareem had already had the mindset in his head that in order for this to take off, I've already got what I need to do. I already, already achieve the personal achievements that I wanted to really, truly achieve. Now it's time for me to relieve the reins over to Magic Johnson. It's his show now. You know, build him up instead of really trying to tear him down. And I, I really don't see that with with Embiid and, and Ben Simmons. Um, Kareem was able to really embrace Magic and really was able to culturalize and, and 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 really force magic being the head honcho, the head dog. Okay. All right. And I just don't see that out of Embiid. I don't see Embiid doing that with Ben Simmons. The reason why is one, both of them are young. So people gotta realize Ben Simmons is and, and Joel Embiid are still trying to establish themselves as players in this league. Yes, they have made they 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 have made all-star teams, both of them. But understand something. They are continuously trying to establish their legacy, okay? And right now they're trying to go for individual awards. Hell, we have I we have heard Joel and B <laughs> say plenty of times how he is trying to 
win the MVP, how he is trying to be the leader, the go-to guy on the team, how he has to be the go-to leader of the team, how he truly, truly, truly wants to win the MVP or defensive player of the year. That sounds like a man who is trying to establish who he is, establish his dominance truly in the league. And really a lot of times when a player or a teammate goes into that way of thinking, especially when they have another high-caliber player on their team, such as a Ben Simmons um, or, or in the Lakers' case, a Kareem and Magic. Um it, it 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 doesn't it doesn't ever work. It doesn't ever work. We have seen throughout history of the game a lot of times that you have to sacrifice a lot of times your personal achievements and your game in order to accomplish what you truly want to accomplish, which is winning a ring. Dwayne Wade did it to LeBron, as I mentioned before um, <laughs> a couple minutes ago. Kareem did it with Magic. Uh, that's what it takes. Shaq did it to Kobe. That's what it takes in order for a team to truly get over the hump. And I'm not saying that out of, out of Embiid. I don't see Embiid empowering Ben Simmons to be the best player that he can be. I just, I just don't see it. So, really... In all honesty, when Ben Simmons was really showing out while Joel Embiid had, I believe, broke 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 a finger, it didn't surprise me because Ben Simmons was forced to be him, be himself. He was forced to play his game, <laughs> and he didn't have where a player or, or a teammate was in his spot that he would like to get to. He didn't have it where a teammate was – where, where, where the paint was clogged, okay? So really, in all honesty, they have to make a move. They have to trade one of these players in order for them to really see, see the vision. If I was the Sixers, uh, due to the health of Embiid, I would trade him. I would try to get the best package for an Embiid and try to put shooters around Ben Simmons and run him at the four because right now it's, it's, just, it's just not working. It's just not working. So, those are my pretenders. Those are my contenders, okay? Now, we're going to get into a little section that I like to call the sleeper teams, okay? Uh, These teams, I'm going to say watch out for because they may shock a lot of people, okay? Hell, they can even make a win, a playoff series or two, okay? My first team is the Utah Jazz. Okay, going into the season, the Utah Jazz, I was wondering about the Utah Jazz, in all honesty. Um, How was Donovan Mitchell going to improve? How was he going to take the next step, you know? What, what what was he what was what was the Jazz going to do for him? Uh, so they get Mike Conley, okay. They get Bojan Bogdanovic, and going into the season, if I would have told you Bogdanovic has been 
a greater factor for the Jazz than Mike Conley, you would have probably slapped me in my damn face and you would have told me, dude, get out of here. You don't know, you don't know what you're talking about, you know. But Bogdanovich really has given the Utah Jazz another player who can create create off the dribble, but also more importantly, he can shoot. <laughs> but Bogdanovich can shoot. And and that was the problem with the team because as Donovan Mitchell shooting goes, the team goes. And we've seen that numerous times in the playoffs where Donovan Mitchell shot. He he's a very he's a very tricky shooter. Okay. His his game is to get to the get to the paint drive, like create off the dribble, you know. His game is not necessarily, you know, to be a three point shooter, you know, his game that's not that's not really his game. You know, he's more of a you know, cutting, slashing player. You know, he can create out the dribble a little bit, but shooting threes—that's not—that's not really his game. So he's kind of more of a a, a streaky scorer per se. And Bogdanovich gives them an extra needed guy who can relieve Donovan Mitchell in in some in some possessions on the offensive end. Bogdan can have a handle; he can go between between the legs sometimes. You know it. It ain't going to be, you know, like Donovan where, you know, his it just jumps off the screen at you, you know, he can he can jump off jump out the out the room or whatnot, but he gets the job done. He gets the job done and this Jazz team Let me tell you something. If if the, if, if Donovan Mitchell is able to consistently really in all honesty shoot the ball come playoff time, with Mike Conley as well coming off the bench, I believe they should implement him on the bench, but we we, we shall see. But this is good. This is going to be a hard team. I mean, to beat. I mean, you have Gobert protecting the paint, who is a All Star this year, and is going to be, I'm quite sure, a All Defensive NBA team player, and he has been numerous years. It's going to be a tough team to beat. I. They 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 can do they can have an upset. Don't don't be surprised. Don't be don't be surprised. The Jazz is a very good team, and what I like about them as well is they're very well coached. Quinn Snyder is a excellent coach, and he's always always has his team prepared to play. Um, so the, that's a team. Watch out for the Jazz. Watch out for the Jazz. They. They went on a little, a little, not a little, a big winning streak during the season. Uh, so I really watch out for the Utah Jazz. They can, they can make some noise in the playoffs. Oh, okay. Uh, now my second team, sleeper team, and this might, this might shock people. The Dallas Mavericks. Listen, <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. Luka Doncic. Okay. He is the he is the real deal. Alrighty. Luka Doncic, in my opinion, and I believe players know this. Um, but and in all honesty, the reason why I'm saying that is because literally Jeff Teague came out and said that he believes Luka Doncic is the best player. Listen, in a professional sport like the NBA or NFL, they don't 
they don't make comments like that just to make them. These are conversations <laughs> that are had between Luka Doncic's peers. These are these are conversations where that that are had in in the in the practice facility in in the in the game film room where where it's like who gives us the most hell each night. And let me tell you something, Luka Doncic, whew, that's a that's a bad man. And really, in all honesty, his his game reminds me of James Harden. And really, what separates the two, in my opinion, is Luka is and has a higher IQ. He's a better. He, he's a smarter basketball player than James Harden. Okay, um, and, and you and you just see that you just see that as he plays, they have similar styles. They're not going to wow you with their athleticism. They they're crafty, they're nifty. Uh, they shoot the three ball extremely well. Uh, but what separates Luca is, as I said, his IQ and. Really, his ability to rebound the basketball. I, I I didn't think Luca could rebound the basketball as as well <laughs> as he has. I mean, he is a very good rebounder. Okay, and a lot of people may may scoff at this. He's a better rebounder at this moment in time than LeBron James. Okay, and the perfect matchup for the Mavericks would be against the Lakers. And here's the reason why I'm saying that. Luka Doncic can nullify LeBron. I feel Luka Doncic can go toe-to-toe with LeBron, in all honesty. I believe I believe he can go toe-to-toe with LeBron. He can he can they can, they're gonna cancel each other out. The key is going in that series is going to be what does Christoph Porzingis do okay if Christos Porzingis goes into that series, let's just say if the Lakers were to face the Mavericks, if Luka Don- if 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 Christos Porzingis was to go into that series and average uh sixteen and nine, they're they're not they're not winning they're not winning that series <laughs> they're not they're not going to win because that's not that's not going to be on par with Anthony Davis, but. If they was to go into that series, Christoph Porzingis himself, and he was to average, I should say, twenty and twelve. Oh, oh man, um, they have a great shot at, at winning that series because I believe Christoph Porzingis on the defensive end will be able to impact Anthony Davis with his length and size, uh, which is going to be a major part. So definitely watch out and see. How the matchups shape out with 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 that particular team, the Mavericks, because they are going to be a tough out. They play hard. Uh, they shoot the three ball very well. Um, like I said, Luka Doncic, very high Q, very high IQ basketball player, leader of that team. That's that's a very tough team to beat. And lastly, my third sleeper team, no other than the Boston Celtics. Last year, the Boston Celtics were, let's be honest, they they were they were a disappointment. Um, the Boston Celtics 
really disappointed me last year. Uh, they really did. Whether that was due to the Kyrie Irving uh, drama of the team, um, which a lot of people like to play to, but a bigger issue, in my opinion, was what we talked about, what I talked about with the 76ers, which is you had players on that team last year who were trying to establish themselves. They were coming off of a Eastern Conference Finals appearance where they took LeBron James, a young, young, naive basketball team in the Boston Celtics with Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, uh, Jalen Brown. They were able to take the Cleveland Cavaliers and the king himself, LeBron James, to seven games. And damn near should have won the damn series, if, if, if I'm being honest. They should have won the series. They didn't win the series. But they took King James to seven. I would say, okay, so coming into last season, their mentality was to, oh, I got to establish myself as a basketball player. And you've seen it. You've seen it through the play. And that was that was always – that was one thing that I was looking out for last year was how were the players going to come in? Were they going to come in, focus on the team goal, or were they going to come in, focus on – on themselves as the individual. This year, that's not the case. That's not the case at all. Uh, Kemper Walker is a perfect, perfect fit for that team. He allowed everything just runs, just runs like an engine. Um, and the Celtics, Jason Tatum, my God, he looks, he looks phenomenal. He looks great. He's an All Star this year. He was just selected to the All Star team. Jalen Brown. A nice up and coming player, very good player. Uh, the team, the, the key with that team is going to be Gordon Hayward. Okay, what can Gordon Hayward give them in a seven game series? Are we going to see the Gordon Hayward, you know, who 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 sometimes give you, you know, thirteen points, you know, four 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 to five rebounds? Or, or 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 are we going to see the Gordon Hayward? You know, get you get you twenty points. You know, get you a little bit of assists and all as well. Chip in, chip in with some rebounds because he he's able he's able to do that. He's able to do that on the team. And and Kimball Walker is not the player that Kyrie Irving is. Kimball Walker is able to actually fit and play in the system. He 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 actually really. Plays point guard. <laughs> Sadly to say, he, he he really really he plays point guard. Kyrie Irving, his problem, and I know I'm getting off the subject right quick, but Kyrie Irving' problem is he dribble dribble dribble. He works too hard <laughs> to get his shot to get to his spot, and as well, he slows down the offense because he gets sucked into the into the mind of wanting to go one on one. And show his skill. With Kimball Walker, everything with him is within the flow of offense. Everything with him is within the flow of offense. And it, it allows for Jason Tatum, for Jalen Brown, uh, to be able to feel like they're getting enough touches within the game. Okay? So, 
But Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward is going to be the key because if you have Jason Tatum doing what he's doing, you have Jalen Brown being a 3-and-D guy also giving you, you know, almost 20 points. Then you have Kimball Walker who can average 20 and, what, sits, sits and a half assists. Uh, and then you throw in Gordon Hayward giving you almost 20 <laughs> 17 to 20 range? Come on, man. That's going to be a hard team to beat. I mean, that's going to be a hard team to beat. Very hard team. So, that is my outlook on the pretenders and sleepers. Come When I come back, I'm going to go ahead here and, and close out the podcast. So, see you guys soon. Alrighty, guys. So, episode two is officially over um i hope you truly 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 enjoyed the podcast um i know i did uh really going through breaking down these teams uh, who i believe really have a shot and really don't have a shot <laughs> and if i offended um your team comment why 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 did i offend your team comment down um you can catch the podcast on apple um podcast spotify uh, anchor uh please guys enjoy the rest of your day if you're listening to this in the evening enjoy the rest of your your night if you're listening to this at night um and just enjoy the rest of your weekend uh thank you for listening to the nosebleeds podcast please please subscribe and can't wait to see you in episode three